0: On our midweek service, go ahead, stand with me if you would, as we sing. Blessed be the name. Lift it up tonight. Five thirty-eight. You need your books. <laughs> name of the lord blessed be the name blessed be the name blessed be the name of the lord his name above all names shall stand exalted Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Redeemer, Savior, friend of man, once ruined by the fall, Thou hast devised salvation's plan, for Thou hast died for all. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name, Blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. His name shall be the Counselor, the mighty Prince of Peace. Of all earth's kingdoms conquer, whose reign shall never cease. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. be the name blessed be the name of the lord i am resolved no longer to linger charmed by the world's delight lifted up tonight as we sing i am resolved no longer to linger charmed by the world's The just one he hath the words of life i will hasten to him hasten so wet and free jesus greatest highest i will come to thee i am resolved to follow the same. And you may be seated with Kevin Loney. Would you open us in service on prayer, please? Amen. Thanks,
1: sir. All
2: right, good evening, everyone. Got a few mission letters tonight. Just to couple with some uh, thoughts and then uh, just to kind of remind us of what all goes on in different parts of the world. And so uh, first I have Georgia Webb, a missionary down there in Mexico. I have some great news for you. Our church attendance has grown so much that we no longer fit in the dining room, in the living room, or any, in between any in my house. So this, after seven years of meeting there, so uh, we are moving, starting to uh, Well, tomorrow, for whenever she wrote this, we will be meeting at a borrowed house, rent-free, not far away, which belongs to a friend of a member of our church. The men have already moved our chairs. I was concerned about getting there, but our pastor has assured me that they will always have someone to pick me up and to take me there. On Sundays, it will be a single fellow who, when he accepted the Lord as his savior, he lost his job, his family, his girlfriend. But since then, he has acquired a good job, a house, and two cars. I am thankful for his willingness to come after me and take me to church before and from church. Uh, then I have uh, the Ria family to Zamba- uh, Zambia uh... crippling power problems and there's a few missionaries that uh... dealing in that with south africa and different parts of africa as well i got another one down here but uh, a lot of power issues where it's hot and a lot of people are moving into these places in january we were hit with fourteen hours a day of blackouts uh... this is due to low water levels in the major uh, hydroelectric facilities in caribbean dam it is also due to the high growth uh, rate in zambia Uh, Lusaka is now growing by 200,000 people per year. There are now seeing a power problem. Uh, They're now saying that the power problem is fixed, but last week we were without power for two and a half days, and today power has been off almost 12 hours. Uh, We're still experiencing power outages three to four times a week, uh, with durations over 12 hours. Uh, And then they have a a stabbing to salvation is what they titled this part. The following Sunday saw the community haul a man to the police who had been stabbed in the leg. Uh, We went to the police post only to find two out of the three officers scheduled for duty were absent. We took the man to the hospital and they uh, got officers from our uh, main uh, police station and went into the uh, compound to search for the uh, perpetrator. Uh, he had fled before we arrived. This ended up being a really good thing for our church. At, uh, church as members of the community saw we are really committed to seeing change in this community. The mother of the stabbing victim, Noreen, came to church, being so very thankful of our help for her son. She has been coming now for about three weeks. Best of all, last week my wife led her to the Lord. Amen. Brent and Sheila Moller to South Africa. When we got back from our uh, deputation, we were, uh, we were met with a rather rude reminder that we were back in South Africa. Electricity out- outages, uh, both planned and unplanned, were upon us. In the three weeks since we have been back, we have had our electricity cut off almost every day for a minimum of two hours at a time. Uh, A very sad incident happened uh, only three days after they collected their dogs from the kennel. A large juvenile black mamba entered our backyard and got into a tussle tussle with our two dogs. The snake was killed, but but not before it struck both of the German shepherd, uh, Ramses, twice in the face, our other dog, Samson. A Swiss Alpine mountain dog who was also struck. Unfortunately, the anti venom was administered too late to Ramses, who died at least 30 or 40 minutes after the attack. We are so happy that the anti venom treatment was successful for Samson. He seems fine, but just rather lonely without his good mate. So, just a reminder of how important it is uh, there in South Africa with all the snakes and everything, they still gotta watch out. Watch out for Satan. And the other serpents, Amen. So, just before we turn to South Africa, we heard of the attempted murder of one of our longtime members while she was taking a shower in an outdoor to- toilet room. Her estranged sister and her son began to beat this woman with a pipe, then stabbed her several times in the back. Uh, they said the, uh, the sad thing is that this young man spent many of his years attending their Sunday school. Last week while they were out on patrol, Brent saw uh, this young man walking down the street and he stopped him and confronted him uh, about his actions and he replied he did not know what he was doing at that time. Uh, Brent pleaded with him to get right with God and to his aunt and in the near future him and his mother were going to face charges for attempted murder. And so you just got to be careful and dangers all around all corners. Derek and Julie Thomas to Ukraine. Uh... You know, God works in so many different ways, and this is a neat little testimony to how God uh, has allowed the ministry to continue into places that it never did before the war. Another example, we are seeing the gospel spreading into areas yet unreached pre-war. In our recent trip, we traveled to a village in uh, northeast Ukraine, Loksondrovnik. Go ahead, those that make fun of this reading, that's fine. There was 120, 125 people uh, packed into a little community center with, uh, where we preached the gospel of hope and afterward gave out New Testaments and aid. To the best of our knowledge, this is the first time the gospel has ever been preached here in this public meeting. A third example of God's blessing during the war is that the gospel goes forward. New Bible study groups are being formed, forming these Bible studies. Now new churches are uh, beginning. And so who could have imagined that during a time of war, the gospel is progressing in a greater way than it did before? And so it's just neat how God's hand moves. Amen. Sam, Thomas, and family to India last one for tonight the lord has answered our prayers regarding the foreign contribution registration for our ministry as you may recall we have been praying for our registration since 2020 it is an imperative registration for the ministry to receive support from above or from abroad uh, the fe- the federal government has already revoked the registration of several religious and charitable organizations after much prayer and waiting our registration came through without any issues It is valid for the next five years, starting from April the 1st of 2023. Thank you for all of your fervent prayers. The Indian uh, Supreme Court has instructed the federal government to implement an anti-conversion law in the country of India. And so several of our pastors are facing many issues from the military in uh, Myanmar. Please uh, uphold these two uh, prayer requests. Uh, for these families. Amen? All right. Thank you all. I'm Brother Allen.
3: Wednesday nights are my favorites. I love getting to hear about what God's doing around the world. It helps us to get perspective and just be reminded the God that we're serving today and the God that we call out to is the same one others are depending on all around the world through a lot of circumstances that we'll probably never get to know about. And so what little glimpse we can get through those letters means an awful lot. So Thankful for the friends moving back and sharing their, taking the time to share some of those stories with us, and so, a couple of our own uh, in-house things to praise and uh, just some things to pray about here. A couple praises, uh, really just want to praise the Lord with the event from a couple weeks ago. We had Saturday a good crew go out and try to do some follow-up with the 47 that, that got saved as well as some that just turned in cards wanting a follow-up visit or wanting to know more about the church, and so. Um, Brother Berlin's shared that there's been a good effort to reconnect with all of those before time escapes us and so far it's gone really well so i'm sure there's still more to do if you got some time maybe you're looking for something to do on a saturday morning just give us a call and we'll we'll get you connected with someone else but we'd love to get out and follow up with everybody uh... and also just internally uh... we get kind of an update on church attendance numbers on sundays at least in the staff and uh it's been really exciting. This year we're having more people attending services than I think I've ever seen in my lifetime here. And uh it's just been going up and up and up even before the event, but it's obviously gone up even more the last few weeks and so I know it makes it for a little more cozy space on our pews, but it's for good reason. So I hope you're still inviting people. We're not done. We'd love to knock this wall down and flip this and do this over there as well. But uh it's exciting. We're growing like in a time that a lot of churches aren't getting to see that. We're getting to. So praise the Lord for that. And then uh, some of you know, but we had to cancel Awanas tonight. Uh, Really unfortunate to have to do it, but for good reason. Our gym floor, uh, we got uh, the gym floor installed probably seven or eight years ago. And it's still serving us well, but it's had a few issues along the way with some of the paint coming off the lines and the logo. You might have seen that. And so the company's been working in it throughout this week, and they're finished. Uh you'll be able to see it on Sunday, but it looks like a brand new floor. And so eight years in it's nice to have that brand new feel again. It even smells brand new right now. So if you're smelling anything odd, if it's not your neighbor it's probably that. And uh but uh it's it's affected school, it's affected I us tonight, but hopefully in eight years it'll still look brand new. And so, uh, and then a couple of prayer requests. If you could just uh, pray for our pastor. As you can see, he's not here tonight. Uh, He's in Tampa, Florida uh, at the Global Independent Baptist Fellowship. Uh, They have a a meeting in February, a meeting in September. And uh, this is uh, the one uh, today, or he's there right now uh, down in Tampa. And so just getting his own um, spiritual renewal time, I'm sure, just getting to relax a little bit, but also just the fellowship and the preaching. So pray for him. And then um, when it finishes up, probably tomorrow, he heads over to South Carolina. And uh, he's with Brother Michael Jones that we had back uh, back in October. Uh, Brother Michael Jones has him there for marriage retreat. So just pray for the Waterloos. They're both together on that trip. Uh, if you could also pray for Brother uh, Dustin Fisher, Miss Julie Fisher. Uh, last week we mentioned Brother Dustin's mom had a, a brain aneurysm and it just wasn't looking very good. Well, I'm sad to let you know she did end up passing over the weekend. And so the Fishers obviously just have a lot on them. And if you could just pray for for them and for the kids uh, as they try to work through this time, I know they'd appreciate that. Um, and then we had turned in a couple, uh, Miss Anna Martin is asking for prayer. Her Aunt Marie uh, had a fall over the weekend and uh, a head injury resulted from it and things just aren't looking very good for her recovery time. So pray for uh, Anna Martin's uh, Aunt Marie. Is that Martin? Is she a Martin as well? So Marie Martin recovering from a head injury. Uh, If you could pray for the Todd and Eddie Morris family. Uh, They've been out. For a little over a week now, I just want each one's fighting a different type of sickness. And so pray for Brother Todd, Miss Eddie, and the kids. Um, Cassie Boyd's asking for prayers for her family. She's got uh, s- some sick grandkids, and then her daughter as well, uh, dealing with some things with her health. And so pray for the Boyd family. And then uh, lastly, if you could pray for Miss Tina Hayes. Uh, she shared with us that uh, she had a fall over the weekend, also. And as you know, she's had some ankle issues for uh, over a year now. Well, uh, this affected uh, that one of those legs that she was having troubles with already. And so recovery is going pretty slow. So just pray for Miss Tina Hayes, if you wouldn't mind. And that's the ones I've had turned in. So we'll go down to the floor now and uh, we'll start over here. Anybody on you all's left that has a praise or prayer request? Caitlin? Okay, pray for uh, Brother uh, Walter Clark, Miss Daleen over in Germany. We're just talking about our missionaries. uh, They need visas to be able to be on the field to keep preaching, and uh, her sister's working through the visa situation right now. So pray for the Clarks over there. Anybody else over this way? No? Okay, I'll come over here left center. Anybody in this section have anything, Miss Lori?
1: Thank you. then one, hopefully one, all you. We're just thanking the Lord for that because we've been praying for that for a really long time. And to so go along with that, so we can, they're gonna have a sense, a the of get rid of all the steps. And so they do want to go there and help. And so can you just pray that we find a way to go there to help these parents? And um, get out of the house and get into
4: assisted living and um, safely. Sure. Yep. Sure. Where are they at? Corpus Christi. Okay. We
3: can do that. So the praise is the David brought. Uh, his parents have been needing to move into assisted living for a while and now they're uh, soon to be doing that. But the prayer request is just uh, the Brat's traveling to Corpus Christi to, to try to help in that process. Just a hard, Hard, uh, hard to get there. So pray for the Brats on both ends of that. Uh, Dina. Yes, sir. Uh, my mom the other day she had her scan for we uh, got
5: a second opinion and she's scared to
1: death of what the results are. Mm-hmm.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, that's what we want. Hopefully the second opinion comes that way. Brother Tommy? Yeah. I have praise. Yeah.
1: I just want to thank God for sending me to the right car, Frankie, that snapped my uh, back, back into place. face. And uh, he had a couple of nerves that were triggering headaches that I couldn't control. And after he'd done that today, I
3: just got my headaches have this Wow. Good. Praise God. Good stuff. That's good stuff. I'm glad for you. Yeah, we missed you this weekend. I know you were fighting one with that. So, it's my favorite doctor to go to is the chiropractor. That's good stuff. I'm glad he made you feel better. Yeah. Anybody else at Veronica? My aunt, uh, that she might have colon cancer. Your aunt with lung cancer. Uh, colon cancer. Oh, colon cancer. So pray for uh, Veronica Monroe's aunt, uh, possibility of colon cancer. Uh, no uh, conclusion yet on that, but just praying that that's not the case. So pray for Veronica's aunt for sure. Anybody else back here? Uh, Tyler? I uh, yeah, just pray for my dad. He's traveling to
0: Minnesota. There's a lot of bad weather that way. He's currently stuck in South
3: Dakota waiting for the weather. To be. Is it the weather? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, and what, what's your dad's name? Okay. Okay, so pray for Chad Eckstein uh, trying to travel with work and stuck up north in some bad weather. So we can definitely pray for that for sure. Let's see, uh, Miss Debbie? I'm sorry to hear that, but I'm glad you got some answers. Hopefully, you can get some guidance on what to do to help some things now that you know what's going on. So, pray for Miss Debbie Duckwall. Uh, just got some results back from some testing that wasn't what we would want, but uh, now she's got direction, and so hopefully things can get a little bit better for you. I'm sorry for you uh, getting that news, though, Miss Debbie. Uh, oh, right back here again by the Tommy. Okay. Anybody else have an unspoken out here tonight? All right, quite a few. All right, unspoken. All right, we'll come over here to right center. Brother David. Okay, so pray for Miss Jimmy Barbie, recovered from strep just two days ago, and then today woke up with the flu. And so. I know just on the school end we're dealing with quite a bit of sickness going around so I'm sure it's across town as well so pray for one another but especially pray for Miss Jimmy for sure. Anybody else back here? Miss Joella? for Debbie Denton with some health uh, concerns and Brother Don Howarth uh, related to his heart. Just pray for him. They're in and out of services. I saw him Sunday, but I know they can't make it every time. So pray for the Howarths. What a sweet couple. Uh, Miss Anna. Gordon Wright um, hadn't been here in a little while because of his health and so ongoing issues with his coughing so pray for for the Gordon I think he's 87 so wants to be here doing all he can but let's lift him up anybody else this section still Brother the Benito uh,
1: yeah on your prayer sheet we've got Riley Lowe on there He uh-huh. used to be a past member good friend of mine mm-hmm. and uh, he was diagnosed recently with uh, colon cancer Mm-hmm. It was kind of a freak thing that he went into the doctor not feeling well, didn't have any suspicion of anything that bad going on. They found out he was losing a lot of blood, so they had to do an emergency transfusion. Mm-hmm. And in that, the doctor's like, you're losing it somewhere. So they did, they did the test, and that's when they found the tumor in his, in his large intestine. So immediately, about a week and a half later, they went through, they did the surgery, and they, it was a significant tumor. He told me it was about four inches in diameter. The doctor was amazed that he didn't have complications prior to that, right? and uh, so anyway, they they removed a significant amount of his large intestine, but luckily they were able to put everything back together, and everything's good there, but uh, they're kind of concerned about the cancer, and so they're looking at chemo treatments, things like that, so he's talking to an oncologist now, but uh, on top of everything, I went and visited him today, he had the surgery, and he's had like an, an amazing testimony uh, for anybody that's had been through cancer, has family with cancer. It's a it's a terrifying thing, but every every turn with this, he's looked for an opportunity to praise God. And I, when I was in there for a couple hours with him, every nurse would come in, he was. They are like, hey, how you doing? He says, hey, God, God well, I'm great. And he's yeah. always in there with a good spirit. Amen. He's always great for the doctor, praying for the staff right before the surgery, before his procedures. The hmm. doctor told him, he goes, look, this is going to be tough. He goes, but I've seen you. This is unusual. Your faith that you have here, yeah. I think you're going to be good. So uh, anyway, just,
3: Hope is amazing. just an update for the prayer Yeah, Keep okay. we has got a little bit more of a road to go down. but Sure. That's awesome. Well, that's good. That's great. Yeah, Riley Lowe, working through some cancer uh, treatments and got his eyes fixed on the Lord. That's the only place you can look through stuff like that. So that's good. I'm glad to hear it. Anybody over here, left side? Uh, Yeah, Brother Mike, welcome back. Awesome! Wow. That's good. Amen. That's good. Yep. John, John? Amen. Say that a little bit louder. Can you say it again? He got saved. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sure we have more, but I want to end on that one. That was awesome. Yep. All right, well, I'm sure we have more, but I'm going to end on that one. So let's take a moment to pray. Lord, we love you. We're so thankful to know that you save little boys here in Ponca City. You save them around the world. You save little girls and older girls and older men, Lord, that will just turn and put their faith in you. And God, we are so thankful for these missionary updates that we get each uh, week that Brother Brian's able to share and just the stories of hope that we get as people uh, have to abandon sometimes the norms of life and sometimes even uh, losing relationships with family and friends to be able to turn to you. But Lord, the way that you bless, just like this one that was mentioned, Lord, how that things got better after they uh, committed their ways unto you, Lord, you gave them a better job and just a better opportunity in life. And, God, we know that that's true for us today as well, Lord. And we just want to ask that you'd help us to to get in line with your will. I pray that, God, if there's anyone here tonight that's not part of the kingdom, that, God, that the message tonight would stir their heart and turn their attention to you and that, God, they'd bow the knee and get saved. And, God, I know we're not running Awanas tonight, but, Lord, there's still going to be the opportunity to, to hear from the Spirit. And I just pray that you would work uh, down here as well as up in the teen department with impact. And Lord, I just want to lift up our pastor and, uh, so thankful for him and just the counsel that he gives, uh, personally, but then also through, uh, the preaching of your word, God, we've been fed a bunch and, uh, Lord, there's a lot of expectation upon, uh, the response that we have to what we've heard. And God, I pray that you'd help us to, uh, to continue to live it out, Lord, to continue to push through and to, to do right, no matter what those around us do. And God, I pray that you'd use our pastor, uh, encourage them through the services in Florida, and then use them in a great way in South Carolina, Lord, and bring them home safely. And God, many needs mentioned tonight, many things to lift up to you, and Lord, health needs and uh, Lord, traveling needs and uh, just so many different things going on, visa needs. Lord, I pray that you would uh, be aware of these and be active in these and give us uh, some encouragement from uh the way that you work through them and help us to in- increase our faith, help our faith to increase as you work. And God, we do thank you for the good news. Brother Mike's knee's doing better and uh, Brother Tommy's headaches have dissipated. Lord, and the Brat's family is able to get some ongoing help. And God, we're just thankful for that. Thankful for the numbers that we're seeing. Uh, Lord, obviously those represent souls. Lord, coming to either meet you for the first time or to, to lift you up and worship each week here at CBC pray that you continue to work in that and allow uh, K County to be affected. Lord, we pray now for uh, the final song, that it would just, uh, Lord, lift you up and encourage the saints. And then God, is as uh, Brother Tim gets up to preach, Lord, we're so glad to have him home and excited to hear from him and just pray that you'd use him, calm his nerves and allow the message to go forth strong. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right, you can remain seated for a
0: couple of verses here. In the Haven of Rest, 378, if you need your books. Lift it up tonight as we sing. My soul in sad exile was out on life's sea, so burdened with sin and distress. As we sing on the fourth verse now, how precious the thought that.
4: singing you may be seated well we are very thankful to have brother tim patrick and his dear family uh, here at cbc as you know just a couple weeks ago uh, they joined our church and uh, we're very thankful brother tim of course you know that he uh, grew up in our church and uh, god's hand hannah's uh, blessing has been upon his life Uh, He has served in different capacities of ministry. He's been assistant pastor. Uh, He's been a senior pastor. And now the Lord has led them back uh, here at CBC just to basically fill in wherever uh, we see fit. And so we're very thankful uh, for him coming, uh, he and his family. And uh, as you know, as uh, Brother Allen already said, uh, Pastor is uh, over there in Florida at the GIBF G- meeting, and uh, he knew that he was going to be down there, and so he asked Brother Tim uh, to come and fill the pulpit tonight. And so we are very thankful to be able to have Brother Tim uh, come and preach for us tonight. If you would, I know uh, Pastor doesn't always do this, but when I'm behind the pulpit, I get to be able to make the rules. I would like to be able to give him a home court advantage. So why don't you go ahead and help me welcome him as he comes to the pulpit tonight.
5: Oh my! Hey, thanks, Brother Lynn. It's great to be back in the best place ever, Ponca City, Oklahoma, specifically Central Baptist Church. This is the place to be, and I am not joking. This is the place to be. As Pastor said, this is where God is working in a mighty way. It just seems like every other day someone's getting saved. I mean, I don't know what to- I don't even know what the total is this year. Just. It was just February, and we're almost at 60, I think, or something like that. That's a a miracle. Uh, But God is in the miracle business. And uh, as Brother Lynn said, you know, our family's been in a few different places, and we've seen God work in a mighty way, seen souls saved, and uh, just amazing to see how God can use us, amen. And I'm just thankful how God's moving here at Central Baptist Church and our family. Uh, We've been praying about where God wanted us to be and just kind of seeking the Lord about the future. and uh, we prayed about a few different ministries, made some phone calls, talked to some different people, and uh, and then my wife mentioned something about Central Baptist Church. I said, "I just don't know about that." I mean, Central Baptist Church, and I and I heard myself say that. I said, "Wait a minute, we got to pray about this. Does, does God want us just to go back to Central Baptist Church and just be here to help, however God leads?" There, if you didn't realize, get, there's multiple different ministries here. I mean, it it takes a village, okay, <laughs> to serve here and to see God just do great things. And so there's always a need. And so we prayed about it felt God led us to come back here. And we're so thankful for that. We love this church. This is the best place in the world to me. This is where I was raised uh, since I was a baby. We're not going to talk about who changed my diapers, okay? You can talk to them later. Okay, I think while I was maybe one year old, not even years old, one year old, I think, when we moved here. Uh, we were living in Blackwell, I think, at the time, and then we moved uh, there off Glendale for a little while. And, and just to see God, how far He's brought this church, even through the Punkin' Theater years, and just, I know not everyone's gotten to be there through that time, and some of you have been here uh, since before I was born, and I just am thankful for the ministries here at this church. Uh, God just has used this church in my life, in my family's life. And friends, I mean, I think about Brother Allen. I think of so many here tonight, uh, how God has worked in their life. Uh, It it is truly a miracle uh, what God has done here in Ponca City. Um, And I know many, once again, maybe you're new here. Maybe you've only been here a short amount of time. But you are in the right place, let me tell you. And there's no ministry I'd rather be a part of, help in. Uh, there's just so many different ways to get involved. But uh, once again, I echo what, what Pastor said just, I think it was last week, you want to be where God is working. You want to be where God is working. And that, that is where I want to be. And God is doing some special things here at Central Baptist Church and looking forward to the future. If you would, turn your Bibles and stand with me as we look at Luke chapter 15. How many of you kids know the story of the prodigal son? Prodigal son. Okay, yeah. You're like, oh, I do. That's me. No, no, hopefully that's not you, but uh, it's a great story. Um, Tonight we're going to title a little bit different. We're going to come at this at a different angle, if that's okay, because I believe this angle is really what the story is about. And so uh, we're going to look at Luke chapter 15, truly one of my favorite passages in the Bible. And we see that there are three stories, and Jesus gives three parables about a lost sheep, a lost coin, and a lost son. And really, I, it's, it's almost as if they build to that last parable uh, to about the lost son. And in Matthew 5-7, Jesus reminds us this, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the merciful, he said in Matthew 5-7, for they shall obtain mercy. So, Jesus tells us in that verse that we will never be happy until we learn to extend mercy. We must extend mercy. We must extend forgiveness, all of us at some point in time. And I do believe at some point in time, whether we were lost or maybe you got away from the Lord as you were saved, like Solomon did at one point in time in his life. Uh, maybe you were like the prodigal son. but I believe all of us should be like the prodigal father at some point, or a prodigal mother or prodigal grandmother. You say, a prodigal? Grandma, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that word, prodigal. We, and it's not in the text, but it's a great word we're going to use tonight. And uh, Miss Jenny said, I, I was on a strict schedule. I have to follow, so i got to make sure I watch the clock here, actually. So I'm just kidding. She didn't say that. Uh, she said something like that. But anyways, but, but blessed are the merciful, the Bible said. So I, I, I don't know about you. I'd like to be happy. I'd like to be blessed. And if mercy is what it takes then we need to we need to know about this. And uh, I want to know what happiness is in its truest sense. I want to be happy in life. I think all of us do. But uh, this is a comparison that we can in many ways compare directly to the Father. And we see the contrast of the Son to the Father, but we also see the comparison of the Father to another Father. And that's the Heavenly Father. So let's look here in verse 11. The Bible says, and He said... And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. Yeah, that's the fun part. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, "'How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to, and to spare, and I perish with hunger?' I will arise and go to my father, and I will say, and I will say to, unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. So he had this really nice speech laid out, just ready to go for his father when he got back. And then verse twenty is the verse we're going to preach on tonight. I wish we had time for the whole chapter, but we got time for verse twenty. It says this, and he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father did five things. Take note, it says, His father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. And he didn't get to finish his speech. But the father said to his servants, "Uh, Bring forth the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat, and make, and be merry. For this my son was dead, and is alive again. He was lost, and is found. And they began to be merry. No doubt a celebration takes place, as much rejoicing took place over the coin, and, and the, shepherd, the sheep... We see here this son was being rejoiced on. Not to mention souls, when they're saved, rejoicing is going on in heaven, we know, by the angels, those there. Now his elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto them, uh, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. Sounds like some kids or something. Maybe some adults, hopefully not. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. I've titled the message tonight, Where, not where are the prodigal sons, not where is that prodigal son, where are the prodigal fathers and mothers and grandmothers and grandfathers Where are the prodigal people tonight? Let's pray. Dear Father, we pray that you would bless your word as it goes forth. We know that it will never, never, ever return void. We're thankful for the truth. Pray that you'll bless your word as only you can. In Jesus' holy name, amen. You may be seated. This story is many times called the prodigal son or the lost son, uh, usually, but really as you delve into it and look at the other, compare it even with the other stories, we see that the focus isn't really supposed to be on the son so much as it should be the father. The mercy of the father, the extravagant mercy of that father. And the son deserved justice like we all deserved. But the father gave him what he really needed and that was mercy. That is what we all need. Whether we realize it or not, and I'm thankful that his mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Amen. So that is what we needed as well. And we could bash the sun. We could talk about the sun like many uh, speakers have done. But hopefully tonight we can focus here on the believers here. Um, Whenever I hear many explain this passage, they do emphasize the extravagant waste of the sun. And no doubt it goes in great detail to tell us the extravagant waste of this prodigal son. And I love that word prodigal, just doing a little research on it. You know, as I said, you know, many people look at the prodigal son and they talk about the extravagant waste. You know, how dare this kid take this, you know, inheritance and squander it all away? How dare he? You know, what a shame to waste all these goods and all that money. I mean, what a waste. It truly was a great waste. So we see the extravagant waste of the son. And the word prodigal is not found in the text, but it has two similar meanings one, the extravagant waste that wasteful type extravagance. And then we also see another definition that goes along with it, and that is having or giving something on a lavish or extravagant scale. So I think about that father. Was he extravagant? Yes, he was, with mercy. Extravagant with mercy, just like our Heavenly Father. And So we can see that, that contrast and the comparison as well between the Heavenly Father and that father. You know, I don't believe this story is just about the waste of the prodigal son ultimately, but the contrast to the extravagant love and mercy that no doubt our Heavenly Father, as that Father was extending that mercy to His Son. There's no doubt, all you can do is think about the Heavenly Father. And by the way, your Heavenly Father has done the same thing for you and me. He has offered mercy and love to all and forgiveness, and, and, and He is good to all. And no doubt, especially for salvation, we have been offered mercy. And His mercies are new every morning. But I believe there are some different principles here for believers as well. uh, No doubt. And if you're not saved here tonight, uh, no doubt if you're away from God. Obviously, if you don't know God, you're far away. You've never even met Him. We read about the Pharisees and the scribes, how they were upset in verse 2. We didn't read it. But they were pretty mad. Jesus received sinners. How dare He, right? I mean just like us. He received us. Uh, We still sin to this day. I'm so glad that Jesus receiveth sinful men. And he ate with them, it says. How dare he? Jesus, you know, I mean, he gives these three parables and it's like he's trying to tell us something. Well, he was. And uh, as one song has said, we're members, we're all members of the lost and found. If you're saved and if you're not saved, you can be. And uh, we're all lost. We were all lost. We know that once we were saved, though, uh, there was great rejoicing that was taking place. But may it ever be known that Jesus loves sinners. Not sin, but sinners. Jesus loves you and me. And you may do a lot of good in your life. You may do a lot of bad in your life. But one thing may we never forget, God cannot love you more than he does right now. God cannot love you any more You say, but what if I do bad? God cannot love you any more than He does right now. You say, what if I do good and bad? God cannot love you any more than He does right now. If we get that in our head, we'll realize that His love for us is already at max capacity. Is our love for Him at max capacity? Absolutely not. But it's nice to know that His love never changes. His love is always the same. He's faithful. And this story about the extravagant mercy of of the Father is truly mind blowing. And we need to focus in on verse 20. We see one sentence. Let's read it again there in verse 20 of chapter 15. It says, And he arose and came to his Father. And when he was yet a great way off, his Father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. We see the actions here, these action phrases. He doesn't say anything. We see in in this specific verse, He does five things. Ultimately, we know it's about the forgiveness, the mercy of the Father. And it leads to the restoration of this relationship with His Son. We know that God is in the restoration business. He's all about restoration. He wants people to come back to Him, whether it's Solomon, whether it's other people in the Bible, uh, for all have (laughs) sinned. We're all in the same boat. But there's a lot we need to unpack here. So, let's spend just a a, a few minutes, and we could spend multiple messages even talking about the Son and His actions. But since we're mainly, I think most of us here are saved, and it sounds like many maybe even saved just recently, and praise the Lord for that. But let's think on verse 20 how we can be more like this prodigal father. How can we be more like the prodigal father, this extravagant father? Number one, to be a prodigal or to be someone extravagant with mercy, you have to look for opportunities. You have to be looking for opportunities. We read there in verse 20 that the Father saw the Son. It makes that distinction clear. It didn't say the Son saw the Father first. It says the Father saw the Son. It emphasizes that. And that tells us a lot about the Father. It, it tells us He was looking for a Son. Um, I don't know about you. It's nice to know that we have a Heavenly Father who is watching over us. You know, all day, all night angels are watching over me. And I'm thankful for that. And uh, this Father was ready. He was ready, anticipating. He was excited to show mercy. I believe God is looking for you and me. He was looking for you and me way before we were looking for Him. He was waiting. And so just ask yourself this question this evening. Am I looking for opportunities to show mercy to those I know, those I'm around, or do I just show mercy to those I like, maybe those I live with? You say, well, I have to live with them. Well, that's not really a spiritual way to think. We should, we should truly love them like Jesus. I think most of us would have said to that son, Son, where have you been? You know, we're out in the front porch sipping our sweet tea, and there, there he comes, right? Where have you been? You know, maybe a piece of straw hanging out of your mouth. Well, take a shower, man. You stink. Come on. Man, it's about time you came back. And so... You know, we would we, probably respond in a negative way, I think, uh, if that was our child. Hopefully not, but because we always like to think the best of ourselves. You could have gotten mad at him, and, you know, I can't believe that son. I mean, he deserved whatever happened to him. He deserved it. And you might be a parent here today, and you've been hurt by maybe a child even. And this is the kind of mercy we need to learn how to apply. Uh, you might be a parent. You might be a grandparent. Are you really looking? Are you really watching for opportunities to extend forgiveness. You know, I'm convinced that most people aren't even in a position to do so. Uh, they couldn't if they wanted to. Why? Because they're not right. They're not where, who, who they need to be. And I dare say many are, are either indifferent, maybe, to the needs of others. Maybe we are not thinking about others. All we can think about is ourselves. And I like the the part of this story how it says, you know, he went, he went off for a while. But we don't really know how long he was gone. We don't really have an exact time period, but... We do know that he didn't have a BMW. <laughs> he couldn't just hop on his BMW, and, and you know it wasn't just an overnight camping trip. This was uh, either hopping on an animal and traveling to a far country. and it took a long time, and, and no doubt, to carry all this money or, and the stuff that he had from his father. And we know that it took a while. But notice, we can kind of picture that father just watching, just watching, just like a father up above. He's watching. Uh, he's always watching for us, and we need to be in a position to take back a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter, or just a prodigal friend, you know, and somebody who's uh, maybe wasting their life, many maybe years of their life in an area they really shouldn't be. But this father was ready to extend mercy. He already knew, uh, he already knew what he was going to do. And I like Psalm eighty-six, five. As I studied this, it says this: "For Thou Lord art good, and plenteous in mercy." plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. He's got plenty of mercy to go around. You say, not me. And I've talked with people. I remember at uh, the ch- uh, church there in Great Bend I served at, and there was an individual who said, you don't, I-, I can't serve in the church. You don't know what I've done. I said, God does? No. And He doesn't care. He wants you to serve Him willingly. He said, but, 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 it, it doesn't matter. You, you, you came home. And the father says, if my son does come home, I'm going to be ready. And who knows how long that he waited. Who knows how long that took. I don't know. We don't have the exact details here, but I'm sure it took a while. And I'm sure he watched and kept looking. And I want to be in a position to take him back. And we all need to be in that position. No matter who it is. It may not be a son or daughter. It may be just someone who lives alone who needs encouragement. Somebody you know. But he was looking for an opportunity to extend mercy to somebody else. And I'm convinced that not very many are ready to give out that kind of mercy. It's probably because maybe we've forgotten the kind of mercy that we've been shown. Maybe we truly have forgotten what we've been forgiven from. Have we forgotten the kind of mercy we've been given? You say, well, yes, I've been forgiven. You know, that's just the past. Well, you wouldn't be here today without that same mercy. That's why he says his mercies are new every morning. We need his mercy every day. Are you kidding me? We, we, you look, know, you think about this son, and the father could have been very frustrated. And honestly, I'm sure he was, to some extent. You know, I mean, to say, see if I care. Well, you know, you know, you know, I'm leaving this place. I'm, I'm taking my my share of the household and the funds and the inheritance, and I'm on my way. It could have frustrated the father. He could have said. Well, if you don't love me, leave. See if I care. See if I care what you do. And there's many things he could have said. We don't know exactly. But that's not what he did. What we do know is that he could have been hurt. He could have been truly hurt by it. And I'm sure he didn't like it. But the father knew that although he could not make his son come back, he could be ready if he did. And there are many people we should be praying for, I think, that we're not praying for. And you're like, man, I can't believe they're not back. Well, have you been praying for them? No, that's part of the problem. Prayer does make a difference. <laughs> a big, I've heard people say, well, well, at least you can pray. That's the main work. Are you kidding me? That's the main job we have as Christians to do, to pray. Well, at least we can pray. Maybe something good can happen. And then we see where Central Baptist Church is at, and I guarantee you that's due to prayer. We, we know that there is power in prayer. Father didn't give up. But to be a prodigal, you must be looking for opportunities to show extravagant mercy. Secondly, to be a prodigal with mercy, I have to stop being selfish. I have to stop being selfish. The second action of the father that we read about is that he had compassion on his son. Aren't you thankful? Once again, his compassions fail not. His mercies never run out. And what great compassion this father had. But wasn't the father the one that was hurt? <laughs> you know, he should be receiving the the, the love and the forgiveness. But... The son was not hurt. It was the father. And then, you know, no doubt it had to have hurt that father to see the son leave like he did. And the scripture said that the father had compassion on his son there in verse 20 once again. And the scripture said that, uh, you know, if you go back to the beginning of the story, the son's request for his father was to give him his share of the inheritance. And, I mean, you think about that. That's one of the biggest insults you could give somebody and say, basically, Dad, would you just go ahead and die so I can get what's coming to me? I mean, you think about it. I mean, that's literally what he's saying. He's like, you know, could you just go ahead and die? I mean, that's an insult. Why don't you just give me my inheritance and I'll be independent, do my own thing. I don't need you. I'm sick of being in this place. I'm sick of being around these people, uh, working around these people. I'm sick of the rules, the restrictions. I'm just done with all the work to do around here. And hopefully no kids in here are, are saying that. I'm just done with all the chores. I mean, they're just so restrictive all the time. I mean, I can't do anything fun. I mean, you know... Guys have to have fun. You know, we can't have any fun around here. Got to go to school. Got to get up every day and take out the trash. I mean, I'm just ready to live it up without your father. Yeah. Somebody here tonight might be living it up without your dad in your life. And I'm not just talking about your earthly dad, your heavenly dad. Old man, just give me what's coming to me. Give me what I deserve You just don't realize everything I've been through. I'm 12 years old. (laughs) Just remember that your father still loves you, but that doesn't mean he always loves how you act. And uh, we do act like children sometimes, don't we? And you say, oh, you know, not me. (sighs) Well, thankfully, God loves you in spite of you, but God values you. You say, can you explain it? No, but I do know he loves you, and he he died for you. (laughs) He proved his love. That's the thing. He didn't just say he loves you. He proved it. The son said, give me what's coming to me. I'm sick of this place. I'm ready to be independent. Yep, I'm ready to be my own man. I know what I'm doing. Can you imagine, once again, how that father must have felt? I mean, that, for, for a father, I can't imagine one of my kids saying that. I mean, you know, and you think, oh, I'll just you know, talk him out of it. Some of you might know that doesn't always work. <laughs> you know, kids ha- are very independent sometimes, how they think. And, you know, we, we try to let God work in their life, and uh, we pray. But this is a wicked world we live in, and we have, to, we have to guard against these things in their life and these ways, these philosophies of thinking. But, man, he basically said, God, I don't need you. And to have your own say that, I just, I, it would rip me to pieces. Say, God, I don't need you. Father, I don't need you. That's exactly what we're saying many times, I think, to our Heavenly Father. God, I don't need you. Before I forget, let me just mention this boy had an older brother. And his older brother uh, was not very happy with what took place. And uh, he didn't... He, I think, really shows how much of an insult the prodigal was toward the father, if you just look at the response from the older brother. I think a lot of us would have responded like that brother. Toward the end of the story, the older brother says what most people, I think, would probably be thinking. He basically says, Dad, he doesn't deserve anything you give to him. And that's probably true. Did he deserve it? Not necessarily. But he needed mercy. Mercy, Dad, you gave gave him what he asked for. He blew it, he had his chance. What about me? Hey, I've been faithful around here for a really long time. I've worked really hard. No, what do I get? No, no fatted calf for me. No rings for me. I think that might be the normal response. Where's my portion? Where's, where's my part? No mercy, no forgiveness. Attacking back instead of offering forgiveness and acceptance. Like many, the older brother was feeding his selfish spirit. He was feeding it. But notice what happened in verse 20. The father had compassion. And that means the father was more burdened about the offender than the offense. He was more burdened for his son. He was, sure, broken over his actions. But he was more broken over what, what's taking place in his life and to his son. Friends, this world is going to offend you, but may your love for them exceed their offenses to you. And no doubt the son offended his father. His compassion was fueled with mercy, and we see the compassion of this father. So what about you? Are you thinking of yourself? Are you just caught up in your own life, and maybe you've forgotten what you deserve? What do we deserve? We know. We don't want to talk about it. We deserve death and hell forever. I mean, that's, that's forever. That's a long time. I don't want to think about that. But God offers something that no one in this auditorium deserves, and that's mercy. We may think we deserve it. We don't. (laughs) Our sins nailed Jesus to that cross. You say, not my sins. It better be your sins, (laughs) or you're not saved. Because He forgave your sins if you trusted on Him. We deserve judgment. We deserve punishment. We deserve the worst of the worst. And maybe we forget that. Maybe that's why we're not as merciful as we should be. I like what one person said. You either need to receive mercy or give mercy to someone today. And I think we'll be at both angles at some point in our life. The father wasn't thinking about what the son deserved like our heavenly father. He just wished he would come back home. He just wanted his son, his life to be okay. He, he was concerned about the eternal, the souls, not the stuff. Sure, yes, a lot was wasted but he came back home. I think often one of our biggest problems is ourselves. We get in the way of what God is trying to do. Yet we were all enemies of God at one point in time. And now, joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. It is more blessed to give than to receive, and we see the, the gift of mercy here. Thirdly, notice this, to be a prodigal, extravagant with mercy, I have to be willing to take the initiative. I have to be willing to take the initiative, and I, you have to love what he did there. He ran. He ran to his son to meet his son. He took that initiative. He saw the son coming a long way off, and the father ran to meet him. You know, God already did his part. He took the initiative. He sent his son to die on the cross for you. rose again in three days. Jesus rose again. And he can rescue anyone out of the hog pen of sin... If you'll just let him in, if you'll let him come in, and he can, he can turn your life around. And you say you don't know where I've been. He knows. He knows where. You say no, you 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 don't you don't know. It, it doesn't matter if I know. It'd probably be best if I don't. But he does. He knows all about you. He knows where you're coming from. God is merciful. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And uh, maybe you're a young child here tonight, and uh, you just have never really felt that kind of love. And I think as parents, you love your kids, but there's a perfect love that only comes from God through Jesus Christ. And I'm so thankful for people getting saved recently and starting that journey of love. But even believers get away from God. Believers get away from God just like Solomon. It has been said that sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you far more than you want to pay. Back then it was very undignified uh, for an adult man to run. I mean, we don't know exactly what street he lived on, hopefully not the busiest street in town, because he had to tuck his robe in and run, showing his hairy legs and all. I mean, it, no one wants to see that, you know. But it was embarrassing. No it was culturally embarrassing at that time to tuck your robe in, and, ch- especially chasing after your son. I mean, that was an embarrassment in that culture. It just, we see the humility, though. He, he was more concerned about the son. He, he, he wasn't worried about embarrassing himself. He wasn't trying to embarrass his son. He, he was taking the initiative once again, and he ran, and he wasn't sitting on his front, front porch. He, wasn't, he, wasn't, he didn't have the piece of straw in his mouth, just waiting until he stepped onto the porch to whoop him. You know, or, or kick his britches. You know, britches meaning pants, okay? If you don't live in Oklahoma, you don't know that. But I'm just kidding. But no, I mean, he didn't give him a kick in the britches. He, we, we find these different things he did. But he, we do know he ran to him. And he could have said, where have you been? I am not helping you one more time. I, I, don't come crawling me. Hey, take a shower. I, I don't even want to be around you. I don't even want to be in your presence. Don't even talk to me. And I, I think this father really went beyond what was normal, wouldn't you say? He went—he went the extra mile uh, showing mercy. But brother Tim, it's not my fault. Uh, what's going on? And uh, I'm sorry. What is more important to you—that relationship with that person, or your pride and being right? Well, I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm a father, and I—my son went away, and my daughter went away, and. Have you ever been shown mercy before? If you have, you need to share it with others. You say, it's not easy, I know, but do it anyway. Jesus didn't say, forgive if you want to, forgive if you feel like it. He said, forgive. And uh, it's either we're ready to forgive or we're not. And so we see this forgiveness and the love here. God didn't say just forgive if you feel like it. And we see that relationship God he he's all about restoration. We see that all throughout the Bible, and well I just want them to know that I'm done, I never want to see them again. I just want and you know it's really easy to burn bridges, but it's a lot harder. I've learned to build them back. people uh, maybe you've offended uh, it takes a while to build that trust back, or maybe you've said something to them, maybe you need to offer mercy and forgiveness. hey, they might not forgive you, but you need to forgive them. And pastor talked last week, loving your enemies. That's not easy. Praying for those who are your enemies, who despitefully use you. Oh my goodness, that's that's unusual. That's uncommon. But that's the standard Jesus tells us. So we see the Father, He saw Him. We can all be like the prodigal father. We can be prepared to to see those who are lost. Maybe, maybe you need to see it. Maybe you need to be looking more. He had compassion on him. He ran to him. But look at verse 20. He fell on his neck. He embraced his son. His stinky, dirty son. And it's like he basically had the failures of his son on himself when he hugged him. He just squeezed him. I can see that son. He's like, oh, okay dad. I am so sorry for everything I've done. And basically he didn't even get to finish his speech. And that's a good thing. Because the father was saying, I don't need to hear your little speech. I don't need to hear anything. Because you coming home is all I need to hear. But you came home. And he didn't, he didn't, say, he didn't ask the son a bunch of questions like, where have you been? Blah, blah, blah. No. He said, no. He didn't say anything at first, actually. He said these five things. He saw, Basically, it says he saw him. He had compassion. He ran. He fell on his neck and kissed him. He fell on his neck. This was someone who needed mercy. And there are so many people out here. They need love. They need mercy. And you're the one to give it. You're the one called to give it. Sometimes actions speak louder than words. And the father didn't say anything in this verse, but he said a lot by his actions. And so if you and I are going to be a prodigal with mercy, you have to be willing to get dirty. Sometimes you need to get dirty. And let's be honest, having forgiveness and mercy may cause us to get a little dirty at times. Maybe may be a challenge to forgive some people. It's not always going to be easy. Being a disciple is not always easy, but we're still called to forgive. Some fathers might have said, boy, just go inside. Just take a shower and all these things, and I'm not even touching you. I'm not hugging you. Are you kidding me? I'm not touching I'm very disappointed with you. Get in the house. I mean, that's what most people uh, at Walmart do with their kids, you know, get in the car, you know, anyways. At least that's what I've heard, anyways. Um, not necessarily, here, because, anyways. But that's not what the Father did. In fact, in verse 20, the Father doesn't say anything. I mean, He really doesn't. He just, He just shows His love. When you hug somebody, when you kiss somebody, uh, that, that's, that shows love there. And I'm, that doesn't mean God's calling us to go around kissing everybody, okay, so don't get nervous, okay. Uh, I know it, the Bible says greet one another with a holy kiss, but don't get too nervous about that. Uh, a nice handshake will be fine. But if it's your son or daughter, that's different. And the son's failed experience, experiment of leaving his father ultimately showed him his need of his father. He said, "Ooh, I, I am not enough. <laughs> I'm not sufficient in myself." And I love verse sixteen. It says that the son came to himself. This boy was dripping with nastiness, but his father was dripping with mercy and love, and it covered him. Maybe you're living in denial tonight. Maybe you're like the son. Living in denial is far worse than getting messy and, dealing with, and you know, dealing with the matter of life, the issues of life. The father embraces his son. The fifth thing we see the father does in verse 20, I love this, to be a prodigal with mercy. It's not that you have to kiss people, but the fifth thing is to be a prodigal with mercy. I have to be ready to totally move on. I would be ready to totally move on. This was a kiss of mercy. This was a kiss of forgiveness, acceptance, restoration. Joy came because of it. Uh, All that happened before the son ever got to say one word of his speech. And he didn't even get to say the whole speech. And he doesn't get a chance to say anything until verse 21. And that father runs up to him so quick. Look at verse 21 very quickly. I know we're running out of time here, but the Bible says, And the Son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and in thy sight I am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the Father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe. Put it on him. And uh, where's that family ring? Where's that really special? When he has put that on his hand, shoes on his feet. Bring hither the fatted calf. Kill it, and let us eat, and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Acceptance is a great thing, isn't it? It's great to be accepted by God. And you know, we're accepted by God, not because of us. Once again, not because of anything we do. It's not, not who we are, it's whose we are. When you're in Him, you're His. And so this was acceptance. The Father, He, he wasn't, he wasn't going to take this speech. He, he, he was ready to forgive. It didn't matter. It, none of the other stuff mattered because it, he came home. He wasn't being passive. He wasn't just catering to his poor son. No, this was mercy. This was real mercy. Never forget that your acceptance from the Heavenly Father has nothing to do with who you are. When you get down to verse 32, you got to love it. It says this, and it was meet that we should make merry and be glad for this Thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. We were all lost, and if you're saved, you were found. Maybe you don't even know today if you're lost. Maybe, you're, you don't, maybe you don't know if you're found. Well, you can know today. God is looking for you, and he's ready for you to be his child. And friends, at some point, every one of us are going to be in a position of that, like that father or the son. If you're a lady, you, you'll be in that position too. Because mercy is not just for men. Mercy is for everyone. And it has to do with love. And we know God is all about love. He is love. So if you don't know love, in fact, you don't know Him. Your Heavenly Father always knows where we are. And you may be a long ways from home. But the Father, He can see you from so far away. He's always got His eye. In fact, He never loses sight of you. you, You are always in His sight. As we close, many people look at this story and they ask, now where is that prodigal son? Finally he came back home. It's about time. But tonight I'm just simply asking, where are the prodigal fathers? Where are those extravagant people here with with mercy? Maybe you're not feeling happy. Well, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And you will continue to be bitter and hold a grudge if you don't apply mercy in your life towards someone else. Maybe, you've, maybe we truly have forgotten. Hopefully not. Hopefully we have not forgotten where we've been and how much mercy we've been given, how we were without hope, without God. We were enemies of God, the Bible says. Our sins nailed Him to that cross, and we had zero chance of making heaven. And yet because of Jesus, we get to be there forever with Him. His extravagant mercy is far greater than the extravagant wasted years of your life. His love is so much greater than that. We just need to see it, identify that, okay, it's not me, it's Him. Maybe you're here today and you say, I need to be saved. I'm, I'm so far, I'm not even there. I've, I've never even left the Father because I don't even know the Father. Uh, today you need to receive that mercy. Just say, God, I, I need grace. We all did. We all did. I'm just running in circles, and I, I'm trying to depend on myself. I need, to, I need your mercy, Lord. He, he'll forgive you. He's waiting. But if you're his child, just remember, you're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. You are joint heirs with him. And it's time we as believers here tonight show extravagant mercy towards someone in this lost and dying world. So at this time, I'm going to pass a service to uh, whoever's available at this time, Brother Lynn. and. Uh, but I challenge you, maybe you can find someone this week and show that kind of mercy toward them. I know God's called us to do that. He's done it toward us. Amen.
4: That's a good word from Brother Tim. Uh, I was just thinking about as he was preaching uh, that passage in James, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Don't you love that? Uh, God will come after you if you come after him. And I'm thankful that Brother Tim ended it like that. I was even thinking about the fact that on the Wednesday night many, many years ago over there in England, uh, the greatest preacher that's called the Prince of Preachers, Charles Spurgeon walked in on a Wednesday night service one night and heard the gospel and got saved. Uh, he had heard of Jesus Christ dying on the cross for his sins, was buried and rose again, and that he would look and live, he would live. And guess what, that night he ran after the Lord and the Lord ran after him. And if you tonight came into this auditorium and you don't know where your eternity uh, lies, let me let you know, please don't leave this auditorium tonight without getting that right. Uh, you can be given mercy. You do not have to go to hell. You can be given grace. You can be bound for heaven. Amen. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm very thankful for the extravagant, extravagant God that we serve. Uh, he gives us mercy. He goes further than that. He gives us grace. How many of you have grace tonight? Anybody have grace tonight? Aren't you thankful for grace? Those who know grace also show grace. May we reflect to this world what we've been given, amen? Uh, make it very desirable, palatable for the world. May they want what we have. That's a good word tonight. I appreciate that. I've been blessed by being in the house of God, amen? Appreciate that. Let's go ahead and pray, and we'll be dismissed. Lord, thank you, Father, for the opportunity. We're able to gather in your house tonight. Lord, it's been good. Uh, as Brother Allen even said a moment ago, Father, so thankful for just the great report from Brother Brian as he gave the reports from the missionaries. Thank you, Lord, that we are reminded that you are doing a work. May we as uh, as believers even scan this room tonight and realize that there are other people that believe just like us. And then we hear these letters and there's people across this world that believe just like us. Thank you that you are doing a great work. Lord, that, thank you also for even Brother Tim's report of just how he sees your hand of blessing upon this church. Lord, we thank you, Father, for that. Thank you for letting us be able to be a part of Central Baptist Church. Then, Father, we thank you, Lord, for tonight, the preaching of your word. Lord, it was handled well. Thank you for Brother Tim truly diving into the text, the passage, your word, and Lord, just unpacking it for us. Thank you for the great reminder that you are an extravagant God, that Father is a reflection of you, that Jesus crafted that story so that we could know you. And thank you, Father, for that imagery that you had of yourself, that you have recorded in your word, that that father hiked up his robe and he ran. Father, we thank you, Lord, that that day, that moment, when we come running after you, you come running after us. Thank you, Lord, as I even asked a moment ago for those who have received Your grace, Lord, I didn't see anybody not raise their hand. Thank you for a room full of people that have received that grace. Lord, thank you for bringing us to our end. Lord, some of us had maybe a little uh, longer of a rope, but we came to the end of our rope and we realized we needed Jesus. We needed a Savior. Lord, we were a sinner. We were undone. And thank you, Father, for saving us. Thank you for extending mercy to us. Thank you for extending grace. But Lord, as I scanned this room just real quickly a moment ago, maybe there was someone who couldn't raise their hand. Lord, I do pray, Father, it is a Wednesday night, and this typically is a room full of believers that they just simply want more. And we're thankful for gatherings like this. But Lord, uh, in a group like this, surely there's someone who's struggling, maybe doubting, maybe knowing that they have yet to place their faith in your son, Jesus Christ. And so, Father, we would pray that they would be courageous, Lord, that they would be bold, that they would attract me down or one of us, Lord, that we could share the word of God with Him, that they could know without a doubt as they leave this, this building tonight that they are on their way to heaven, that their sins are forgiven, and they're right with you. Lord, we'll give you the praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, please be in prayer for our pastor, and you are dismissed. We'll see you Sunday.